Hey, it's Josh Kennedy here, host of the Cricket Matters podcast. Today, we're talking about how to bowl faster without even bowling. Welcome to the Cricket Matters podcast, the podcast for cricketers, by cricketers who want to train smarter and perform better. If you want to score more runs, take more wickets and feel like a pro, this is the show for you. We release a new episode every Tuesday. And if you haven't got your copy of the High Performance Handbook for Cricketers yet, you can get your free copy at cricketmatters.com. Now, back to the crease. This is the Cricket Matters podcast. If you're new to the show, it's great to have you here. Please make sure to subscribe and review. That way we can reach more and more people and keep pushing the Cricket Matters podcast up the charts. Uh, If you haven't yet subscribed, uh, please do. And please leave us a review if you have reviewed us. Thank you so much. Uh, we had slight technical issues with, with uh, my zip on my jacket, which I've now taken off, so it's all good. <laughs> and, and we're sorted. You, you didn't have to take your coat off. You, you, you're cold there, James. Freezing. 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 It's actually free Baltic here in Cardiff. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Well, congratulations to um, Australia women for winning the Women's T20 World Cup. Um, and... Uh, South Africa got to the final without their best player. We did a podcast about, um, what's her name again? Dana Van Niekerk, I think it's how you pronounce it. Because she didn't pass the fitness test, but they got to the final. Maybe they would have won it with her. Who knows? We just don't know. Who knows? Or maybe they wouldn't have got there without her. Who who knows? Exactly. It's controversial nonetheless, isn't it? So, but hey, no, it's awesome watching it today. I tell you what, some some of the hitting from the women in the Australian team was phenomenal. Like, um... You know, like shout out to all the players uh, there. Australia continue their dominance once again, and uh, it was good to see. And so good to see a full house as well at the final, uh, and the women's game growing. So shouts off to everyone involved with that and allowing the women's game to grow. Indeed, and that is my co-host James Breeze, who I didn't introduce. Sorry about that, James. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you too. He's I hate you too all the time. He's here all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, James, you wanted to do a little shout out before we get on with the podcast, did you not? Yeah, shout out to the Wales Over 50 boys who are heading out to South Africa for their Over 50s World Cup this week. I did my last training session with them yesterday. It was awesome, actually. I got to train with them as well and had a little bat and a little bowl. And the intensity was honestly fantastic for boys who are in their 50s. And a lot of them are ex-pros as well. The intensity was absolutely superb and I really enjoyed that. But yeah, it's been thoroughly enjoyable working with them. And I hope they do really well over the next three, four weeks out in South Africa. Absolutely. And from me, Mr. Can, Mr. Michael Can, my client... Uh, good luck, mate. Hope you have uh, hope you have a good one. Uh, all the best to you boys. Right, yeah, today we are talking about how to bowl faster without even bowling. That sounds strange, doesn't it? Because people are probably sitting there going, what on earth are you talking about? Surely to bowl faster, you've got to bowl. Um, not necessarily. So we're going to give you an alternative point of view. Um, James, kick us off. Brilliant. I know. So this has become our most number one requested feature from everyone on the TikToks, everyone on the Instagrams. On the TikToks, on Tinterweb. Yep, on Tinterweb, back in the day. Um, they have asked us, how do you bowl faster? And I'm going to strip it right back because at the moment, everybody focuses on technique at the crease. How are you doing stuff at the crease? Your actions, at front on, is it sidearm, the point of release, your wrist position, brace front leg, all this stuff. Well, I'm going to say none of that matters yet, which is maybe a little bit controversial. Uh, but none of that matters until you get your run up right and efficient and you're moving well. Now, don't get me wrong. 
Technique at the crease is important and everything you're gonna do there with what the coaches are working with you is vital. However, let's strip it right back. If you wanna bowl faster, how do you start? It starts with your run-up and your run-up technique and how you're getting to the crease. So in this podcast, how to bowl faster without even bowling, we're gonna talk about that efficiency up until your delivery stride. That's what we're gonna talk about here now because when you get into the delivery stride and actually bowling at the crease, it's a lot more technical. You need video analysis ideally and be more technical specific, which you can't do on a podcast, but we can discuss everything that leads up to that moment because remember, you're building up to that point of release. So what can we do here at the early stages, which virtually nobody ever really works on? Yeah, it just made me think actually um, about triple jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, triple jump is very technical, the hop, skip, and the jump. Um, but they work a hell of a lot on the the sprint, the run into the to the first board, because you know the the best yep. triple jumpers were often sprinters, weren't they? It's speed, yep. speed and power um, on the run up. Explosiveness, exactly. So if they think about the party cricket, same with bowling, it's that explosiveness at the crease, but they, they work on that speed coming into it. And they do do maximum speed coming into this. Now, I'm not saying you need maximum speed coming into bowl because um, if you're running in too fast, you're not going to be in control. Yeah. However, there's this thing I want to talk about called speed reserve. We want to increase your speed reserve so your comfort zone expands, essentially. So you're running in faster with more in, in more control. So let, let's take an example. Let's take your 100% max effort sprint right now. We work with you over the next 12 weeks, but we increase that you know, speed coming in by 20%. Mm-hmm. So your new 100% is now well within your comfort, your old 100% is well within your comfort zones of what you're running into, what's, what you can you can deliver at the highest end now. So it's what we call expanding the comfort zone here. However, to improve improve your your mechanics coming in, it starts with going back to basics. Do you own basic movement and good gait pattern? Okay, gait pattern meaning what you do with your arms and your legs. Are you coordinated? Are they all going in the right direction? Are they moving correctly? It's as simple legs. as that. Something that we attest that we have the cross crawl, opposite elbow to mm-hmm. knees. Uh, often you see people fail that because they can't um, they can't coordinate it, which is, no. seems like such a simple movement. Um, exactly, can't coordinate. Try, try it at home now. Try running with the same arm and same leg up going in the air. You look like a clown, like a puppet, like being like strings being attached to you like a little puppet going around here. You can't do it. You've got to work opposite arm, opposite limb. So, but you come back to the basic ideas and principles that if you're tight and stiff and immobile, your running is going to be tight, stiff and immobile, and you're not going to be able to move efficiently. It's all about movement efficiency. So in very basic terms, we've got to look at your shoulders because remember your shoulders are going to be loose to be able to power your arms to get into the crease and your hips have got to be nice and loose and mobile too to allow you to move and get those legs pumping. Again, let's use Stuart Broad as an example. How many times do you hear the commentators talking about when he's bowling well, you see Stuart Broad's legs pumping and he's running into the crease with his legs pumping. That's kind of what we want to get to, right? But if you're tight and stiff, you ain't going to get those legs pumping, you ain't going to get them moving, and you're not going to be as explosive at the crease as you want to. So and ankle we come back to this. Well, you've missed that out. Hip, oh, ankles, exactly. Ankle. Hips, shoulders. Exactly. The four, you know, the four knots plus the ankles. That's kind of how we, how we look at things. So you've got to look at that, at those four things. So if you can't touch your fingertips behind your back, 
on both sides, right? You have tight shoulders, basically. Uh, if you can't sit in a deep squat, for example, for at least five minutes, you probably have very tight hips and very tight ankles too. So there's just two little tests you can think about on your home, on your own at home now to say, well, am I tight? Am I not tight? I don't know. We can't really go in depth here on the whole process, but that's the starting point. Are you mobile? Are you flexible? Do you have the stability essentially as well to be able to run in to begin with? We bring it right back to basics. No one even thinks about that. No one thinks about the idea of mobility and flexibility being an important part of your sprint mechanics running into bowl fast. Exactly, exactly. And you mentioned uh, stability. We'll come back. There's, there's another one we'll come back to in a moment, but stability on one leg, because obviously running is a one-legged exercise. So you need that balance. Mm-hmm. Again, basic balance. Can you balance on one leg for 30 seconds with your eyes closed? Ideally 30 seconds yep. with your eyes closed. Uh, and do you have basic stability? Like we have a little um, hop hop and stick drill. You've got an agility ladder um, to sort of hop on one leg, land on the opposite leg, or land on the same leg. There's many different ways to do it. And stick the landing. Or do you, mm-hmm. or do you land and then fall? You know, do, do you lack that basic stability? Exactly. And that stability actually comes into your action at the crease when you're trying to bowl. To yeah. think as, as a fast bowler, you're trying to hold your back leg. So a lot of people look at uh, the back leg collapse uh, at the point of release, which then causes a whole load of other issues with lateral flexion, other issues when you come in a bowl. But, look, but you've got to hold that thing. So you haven't got the stability in the hip, the strength and mobility and the stability in the hip. You're, always, you're going to collapse at the crease too. So it, it does carry over from not just your running mechanics coming in to actually being, being able to deliver at the crease too. So yeah, it's a huge impactor. Uh, and you don't build stability by just balancing on one leg and holding on one leg. It's, there's, there's multiple factors you've got to work with in terms of strength training, single leg work, and efficiency in movement too. So you've got to just bear that in mind yep. um, as best you can. But let's just saying you've, you've developed all this new mobile enough, you've, you've got some stability, it's great. I never, ever see bowlers or fast bowlers at net sessions Maybe I'm at the wrong net sessions, but <laughs> working on running and sprinting mechanics, yep. right? So there's two elements of being a fast bowler. You're covering a lot of distance in the field over the course of a day, sometimes up to 15 kilometers, mm. right? So you've got to have the aerobic base to be able to run in repeatedly and do this all the time. But also you've got to run in, be able to run in repeatedly and sprinting in or so about 85%. Again, we talked about this on previous podcasts. You've got to have a great aerobic base. You've got to, because you've got to be able yep. to recover between your sprints. Yep. And do it again. So it doesn't affect your fatigue. Remember when fatigue kicks in, your, your technique goes out the window and your concentration goes out the window. Yep. So it has a big impact in it. But I would argue that fast bowlers need to train like sprinters. And what the sprinters and track athletes do, they work on basics of running. So that we're talking about mechanics of running, mm. drills, arm and, arm and leg drills. You're talking A skips, B skips, right? Um, explosive starts, mechanics of running, as in what position is your body in as you're starting to run? Are you standing upright and leaning back, right, with your legs going out in front of you, meaning you're putting the brake every time you land in front of you? Or have you got a nice forward posture? You're leaning in, gradually coming into, into the crease itself. So, you know, I would argue that you could start mimicking what high-level track athletes are doing mm. in terms of mechanics to copy that, to work on drills as part of your warm-up leading into your net session or maybe not before a game, 
you could do some of them before the game, some of the A skips and B skips. But I mean, uh, I think it's just before we before you continue, probably A skips and B skips. People listening to this podcast probably have no idea what you're talking about. They've probably never heard of A skips mm. and B skips, and it's really hard to describe. You have to go onto the old Googler eyes YouTube as well and look up A yeah. skips and B skips. That's what I highly recommend you do whilst you're listening to this podcast. Um, exactly. Those are some of the basic sprinting and running mechanic drills that you need to start practicing. Exactly. And I think, yeah, just a very simple way to think of A skips. Think of A skips. You're trying to skip as hard as you can and bound up in the air, opposite arm, opposite leg, being up in the air and landing back down with your feet coming almost behind you, not in front of you. Because that is the basic un- Under your hips is where you want to land. Yeah. Under yourself. And it's developing, yeah. that, developing that power into the floor because that power into the floor is what give, what's going to make you quicker. Yeah, with that leg drive coming up as well. So you've got to get high legs to drive it back down. Because you've only got, again, going back to Stuart Broad with his legs pumping, like his legs are pumping because they're getting up high and coming down. Yeah. If you've only got little legs going up here, you ain't going to be pumping, you ain't going to be driving that force, again, propelling you forward. mobility, man. <laughs> exactly. mobility to get up there. <laughs> exactly. And then no one thinks about that because it's not sexy enough, is it? Yeah, no. Not sexy enough, but no one wants to talk about it. Everyone's doing the fun, like, fun plyometric stuff, but you can't do it properly unless you have the basics in place. Yeah. So this is how we're talking about here. So like literally A skips into like B skips as starting points. Um, that's what we're going to try and do. And then we can start looking at more forceful marches, like marching with like ex- exaggerated force going downwards to develop that force, that, pl- that pliability essentially in your legs. They want to try and do that. Stick and holds, like we call them marches, explosive marches, boom booms, another one. Famous boom. speed coach. <laughs> yeah, speed coach Tony Holly is a good person talking about that. You know, I uh, t- highly recommend looking at he's He's got a thing called Feed the Cats. It's all about American football, but it's really useful to, to work on and try and it's develop. It's all just that. applicable, isn't it? It might be American football drill, essentially, but it's all applicable mm. to, uh, to good running mechanics. Exactly. Exactly, and, and the speed speed acceleration as well also carries over to fielding too. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about this before we did the podcast. I've already, I've already messaged Ali actually to do some of the stuff for Cardiff this week mm-hmm. and maybe change some of the drills to incorporate some of this in to in- improve people's explosive starts to get the ball quicker to try and you know get more runouts or impact the game in, in, in certain ways. So, well, it's also what I was saying to you off air as well about doing um, linear and lateral work. Because surely in, in the field, not necessarily for bowling, but in the field, you've got to move laterally. You've got to move side to side mm-hmm. quickly on the spot. So you need that linear and yeah. lateral work. Well, you do. Exactly. It's, it's, the cricket's never in one direction. It never is. The ball can come in different directions. Exactly. Ideally, great, but it's not going to happen. It's, it's not that. You know, it's never going to happen that way. So when we're talking about warm-ups and stuff, A marches, A skips, B skips, marches, boom, booms are a good way to start off and prime the body. However... If you're mobile enough and you've got these basics down, we've got some basic running mechanics. We do some running mechanic drills and body position leaning forward, like the foot drive going back behind us as much as we can. If we want to increase our speed Increed. for bowling in, increase, <laughs> increase it. It's like the film Creed came out this week. That's, yeah, what, that's, on my, that's what's on my brain. Apparently, uh, Sylvester Stallone's not going to watch it. That's what he said. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Some bad blood there. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. Anyway, segue. <laughs> segue. Anyway. So people go, right, okay, well, how do you increase your speed to run up? The only real way the best speed coaches and sprint athletes know is how to get people faster is you time people. Mm. You're sprinting against the timer. You can do all these drills up and downhill. 
but the best way is to get a clock, get some speed gates, get a timer, get you make the time you, and you try and beat that time each and every time. Mm. There's no two ways about it. Get a gun, get a speed gun, get a timer, and you sprint. And that's where you're going to do it. Because unless you get that time on board, you're never going to improve your velocity to the maximum potential that you can do. I think is the easiest way to put it. Um, now, obviously, not everyone's going to be able to afford speed gates and time gates. So good old-fashioned stop stopwatch. clock and watch. Just get a stopwatch. That's enough. <laughs> you know, you can do that sort of thing. And I'm not saying as well, now, again, in terms of doing this, you should never do three, maximum four speed bits in a session like this, and this ever. And it always comes at the start, by the way, guys. Always do yeah. speed work, skill work, agility, power, whatever it is. This comes at the start of your session. So you shouldn't be shattered after this. Uh, this, no, exactly. You should be primed, actually. You should be feeling ready and good. And you can do this before. Mostly in net sessions, mostly bowling sessions, as long as you get there early and do it. Yeah. Because you're going to feel good to get into bowling. So you've done your skips, your marches, and you start doing some speed work, timed speed work in the, in the gates. And that's what we're trying to build on here. It's a case of really nail that home, improve the speed, because we're trying to improve your speed reserve. So you're comfortably running in at 85% faster than what you would do normally. The three sprints? That's what we're trying to do. How far? How far? No more than 10 to 15 yards. I'd say maximum 10 yards. And you start off early season by doing 10 yards static. Then you can do what we call five-yard flies into 10 yards. So five yards, like starting into into the 10 yards and then build up to 10, maybe 15-yard flies. It's like, hang on. You start it, you stand it to the yeah. from a standing start. <laughs> from a standing start. Oh, yeah, <laughs> from a standing start, you can do that. Now, you can also progress this. A great way to do it is to go on the, on the cricket field and have a sprint, sl- a sled, like a harness attached to you and or do the same so, or, sort of thing. Um, what are the, uh, the parachutes? Sometimes I've seen yeah. uh, footballers, American footballers, etc., using the, uh, their parachutes behind as well. Yeah, you can use parachutes behind you, but again, you've got to use a timer here because just adding weight for the sake of adding weight isn't really going to do much for you whatsoever at all. Like you, you've got to work within a time frame. Again, this is coming from the really top sprint coaches in the states who work with the highest level NFL guys. You've got to think about terms of if you let's just say you run the ten yard, um, just ten. You do ten yards in or ten meters, whatever you want to call it, in two seconds, right? If you add weight in terms of a vest or a sled, ideally dragging behind you, you never want to exceed 150% of that time. Meaning your flies or your runs shouldn't be no more than three seconds. Okay. If it's more than three seconds, you've added too much weight. Right. And then you retest and get your best time again. You could come down to 1.8, which then becomes, you know, however we're going to do maths, whatever it weighs, but it comes down accordingly. So essentially what you're saying is there is no set weight. We're not, we can't say add 10% of your body weight, add whatever. It's no. whatever, it's all individual, whatever it is for you. If you add enough, uh, so much weight that you go beyond 150% of your original time, that's too much. Cut it back and try again. Yeah, exactly. So that's the sort of things. Now, when you, when you do the weighted sled work, I would say you're, not, you're doing it instead of the unweighted, unweighted sprints. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to do both in the session. Remember, when you're doing sprint training, you want to leave feeling fresh, refreshed at the end of it. Leaving fresh and good to go, doing like you're primed, ready for something else, not like a dying in a heap on the floor. That doesn't make you faster. Yeah. Making you faster, you've got to work with the central nervous system to allow you to recover better. And it's all about recovery here as well and priming it. Yeah, exactly. You don't this get is, faster. This, is speed work. this isn't maximum effort anaerobic sprints 
as a no. finisher on a session. That's not what this is. This is speed work, which is different. Exactly. So you do three of them, maximum four, if you want to retest something here, but no more than four, no more than four, ideally just three. And that, honestly, this whole session will take you maybe five to six minutes. Yeah. Like it's so quick. After you've done some basic, you need to do, do some do ability work to help do you warm up first. Don't warm up here, but this is five to six minutes worth of work. And then you've got maybe another five, 10 minutes worth that you can do some plyo stuff. Like when we talk about the agility ladder, like hopping sticks, yeah. you can start doing some just basic jumps over hurdles, different directions, lateral, linear, all these different directions. And even what I call um, big bounds and bounding, like you're literally bounding and like trying to like go across the field as far as you can, as high as you Tiny can bounds, in as few paces. Skips. Yep. All these things you can, you can tie in together for it. And that comes after the speed work. That is really important as well. You're doing this after the speed work not before it to get you tired. you just doing the bare minimum first in technique to get into the speed work. And then you do all the fancy stuff, the like the black magic black box of stuff that works, but we don't know why it works <laughs> afterwards in, ter- in so terms of development. Like basic plyometric? Jump rope. Jump yeah, rope. exactly. Get good at jump rope. <laughs> exactly exactly and you see the best sprinters are good at plyos yep. you can see how they bound single leg double leg like their rebounds like the recoil effect is amazing yeah uh, on so many of them like just the, there's there's one that like you do the rebounds where you're doing a vertical jump as high as you can but as far out as you can and you try and cover as much distance as you possibly can the best sprinters cover the most distance yeah. every it's single time you can tell generate that power into the ground exactly Absolutely. You can tell who are the best one here. And that's important here. So, yes, we've talked a lot about aerobic development for, for fast bowlers, which they need. Yep. But at the same time, we're not we're aware of you need to build like speed work into this to improve the efficiency and the mechanics of their run up to get them best prepared to bowl at the crease. Now, I'm not talking about technique and how you approach it. And I'm, I've seen a couple of the young bowlers at Cardiff recently with very poor mechanics running in. Uh, some of them are lightning fast, unbelievably lightning fast. There's a kid there now, I think, I think he's bowling in the late 70s, early 80s, and he's about 14, 15 years old. He is quick, but he hasn't got the running mechanics, yeah. so which let him down, I think, at the crease. Mm. So there's lots of things you can start doing this and, and tying it into it. So it's nothing to be sniffed at. And to be honest with you, we said this off air, I think there's something we may, maybe need to do a course in to help young bowlers understand this yeah. so they can train at home and practice this at home. Yeah, that's the great thing about about all this that we've talked about. So you can do all this at home. Do all this mm. at home. Um, Don't need fancy equipment. Nope. Stopwatch is all, pretty much all you need. Uh, and your legs. Yeah. And your own body. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and if you do need equipment, you can buy some little ladders, you know, like hurdle ladders and just, you know, it costs maybe between 10 and 15 pounds. Yeah. So it's not high level stuff, but it's stuff that you can do and I think fielders should do this a lot. I think all cricketers should be doing a lot of this stuff first because it's getting them ready to, again, off the blocks quickly to run those quick twos if you're a batsman, uh, to get in quickly, swoop low and get the ballers in, to get the ball back and get in, affect those runouts for any of those quick singles. All these sorts of things um, could, be, could be applying here. But don't assume by, to bowl faster that you need to just work on technique. Let's, let's come bring it back a few steps and focus on the mechanics of running and the efficiency of how your body moves. And then you can start working with the coaches on your technique at the crease and how you, arrive, you, know, how you deliver at the crease. What, we're, what I'm work, working on, what we're talking about right now is how you arrive at the crease. 
and that's the that's the, the the side of things you want to talk about more and more and try and get across to people that's that's how you improve again exactly exactly so that's all about how to bowl faster without even bowling hope you guys found that useful uh, james if people want to find out about more about who we are and what we do where do they go yeah come to cricketmatters.com uh, and we'll even give you a free gift of our free book the high performance handbook for cricketers as our little gift and appreciation for showing us some love how about that absolutely we can't uh, say fairer than that uh, and if you've enjoyed this podcast and the other episodes please don't forget to subscribe and review the show when you've got a couple of minutes uh, thank you very much James thank you guys for listening until next time thank you for listening to the Cricket Matters podcast if you love listening to the show then please do share it with others that's how you can help it grow and the more it grows the more great free content we can bring to you for more in-depth help and analysis and your free copy of the high performance handbook for cricketers visit cricketmatters.com today and be sure to follow us on TikTok at Cricket Matters and Instagram and Twitter at Cricket Matters HQ.